Hi, this is NFL Network's Patrick Claibon welcoming you to another episode of the 4th and Out podcast. It's the best podcast. Well, yeah, I'll say it. It's the best podcast in the world because you are listening to it right now. It's in your ears and you hear me and I'm telling you it's the best. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to the 4th and Out because, well... The universe has decided to give you this, this opportunity to hear a fantastic podcast. So continue on the path that life is set you and enjoy the fourth and out podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the fourth and out podcast with me, George Evans. Joining me this week to talk for the AFC West, I've got Liam White in. Liam, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, all good, thank you, mate. Uh, Ollie Broom's here as well. Ollie, how's it going? Hello, back in the podcast studio again. Yeah, it's good to be back and it? it's been a few days. Uh, joining us again, Olivia uh, from the UK Jets fan page. Olivia, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on again. No, thanks for coming back on. I mean, I'm as surprised as anyone else here. I think that someone actually wants to come back onto the show. I think this is our first returning guest, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, so we must be doing something right. How have you been since we last spoke, Olivia? Enjoying um, the benefits of a lifted lockdown? Yeah, um, you know, things are looking a bit more positive. Um, You know, things are heating up on the NFL front. We've had free agency and we've had a few trades and, you know, things things are exciting. Three weeks to the draft. Um, Yeah, favourite time of the year. (laughs) It's the yeah, best things, time of the year. It is, yeah. Things are really heating up. Um, and before we get to the AFC West, we'll talk about the big trade that happened this week. Um, obviously, big news for you, Olivia, with Sam Donald mm. finally moving on to the Panthers um, in return for a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick, I believe. I just wanted to know your feelings on it. Are you a bit sad that Donald's gone, or is it about time and time to move on to a new quarterback? Yeah, it's definitely a mixed bunch of feelings. I think that's fair to say. Um glad that we can move on. I'm glad that all parties um, have benefited from this trade. I am also sad that um, we've had to say bye to Darnold. Um, You know, he was, when we drafted him in 2018, he was the saviour of the Jets. You know, everyone was really hyped. Uh, There was a lot of, you know, hype coming from uh, college and, you know, it was really positive and then it all kind of went downhill from there. So, yeah, it is sad in that respect that we didn't do as well as we could to help him. There's absolutely no lie in that. You know, our coaching hire was shocking. Our roster throughout his three years, he was shocking. So, yeah, it is disappointing. But I think, um, judging by what we got from the Panthers and considering his performances for the past three years, I'm happy with that. We can finally move on. And, you know, it's a clean slate now. So, yeah, I- I'm-, I'm fairly OK with it. <laughs> From uh, what you've seen of him in the last three years, I mean, he's only 23 years old, amazingly younger than Joe Burrow. Um, from what you've seen in the last three years, do you think, you know, Carolina can make it work for him? They've got obviously good receivers. They've got a better O-line than the Jets had for the for the last three years. Do you think he could shine down there? Yeah, I think he'll definitely get better. <laughs> to be honest, he couldn't really get much worse, whether that is from the talent we surrounded him, the coaching we surrounded him. And from himself, you know, at times he really didn't cover himself in glory. I think that's quite fair to say. I think he will get better. How much better will he get? I'm not entirely sure right now. If I had to guess right now and in a year, two years' time, 
you know, this could be a really, really bad chick. I think he could be an orca, mediocre quarterback, kind of starter-ish quality, maybe not franchise. Like Mitch um, Trubisky sort of levels. Yeah, I think, yeah, right now, I think, you know, if I had to guess again, you know, I could be proven completely wrong. He does have the potential to be a franchise quarterback, you know, he's, with the right tools and coaching around him. I just think he hasn't shown me enough to, um, like, say, yes, he definitely can be a franchise quarterback for Carolina. So it's kind of a weird one. And the Panthers have gone in all in on him. So they've picked up his fifth-year option already, which I believe is $20 million. Um, Sorry if that's wrong. So they are in on him. They really do believe in him. So whether they get to the end of that fifth year and he is their quarterback or not, it, you know, that question still remains. But they obviously believe they can turn him into that. And good luck to him. You know, I really wish him the best. And I hope he does turn his career around because he is a nice guy. He took adversity on the chin and he didn't have the easiest time in New York. Not many people do. So, yeah, you know, let's see what the future holds for him. All parties benefit from this. So, yeah, good trade. It's a good trade for all of us, yeah. Got- yeah, I think so as well. I think I think Donald works well out of it. He'll finally have, you know, players that he can... You know, rely on um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously DJ Moore uh, reunited with Robbie Anderson, who he was pretty good with in 2019 when he had that little stretch towards the end of the mm. season where he did look like a franchise quarterback. Mm. Um, do you feel like Carolina have gone all in on him now because of what's going on with Deshaun Watson and that they just couldn't wait and that they probably weren't going to be able to trade up in the draft because the Falcons wouldn't trade with them as divisional rivals. So they had to pull the trigger on someone now. Yep. That's exactly what I think I had to do. They had to get the best quarterback available, and that's who they got. Um, I did want to ask you, what do you think this means for Teddy Bridgewater now? Uh, well, they won't keep Bridgewater. In my opinion, they won't cre- uh, keep Bridgewater on the books. I think he's due to make something like £25 million yeah. this year, I'm... so I could see him moving on. Um, maybe to a team like the Broncos, who need a starting quarterback, and if they can't pick one up in the draft or if they can't trade up. So someone like that I think would be perfect. Um, yeah, I think for the Panthers, it's just sort of taking the risk out of it with the draft. Um, obviously, they were jumped up by the 49ers. So they had no guarantee of getting a quarterback at eight. Um, and it might be similar for the Broncos. They might look at Bridgewater and think, you know, he's a solid starter. We'll remove the risk of running the draft gauntlet. I disagree. And we'll come to that when we talk about the Broncos. So... Uh, talking about what you've got for him, you've got a second round pick. And this now means the Jets have, uh, I think it's 21 picks in the, the first two rounds of the next two drafts. Um, as a Jets fan, you must be excited about the prospect. But now it's just drafting well, I guess, and trusting Joe Douglas and Robert yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the total package was a sixth round this year. Sixth round tends to be, you know, very hit or miss. Um, not much at all. And then next year to second, which... If Carolina don't do very well, I'm not saying they are or not, um, that could be very valuable for us. That could be quite a good pickup and a fourth next year as well. So, you know, I'm I'm happy for that. Um, for someone that, you know, obviously didn't show a lot here, like I said, for whatever reason. Um, what we needed now was picks and we needed certainty and those picks now give us a lot of leverage in the draft, whether that's trading up to get a player we want or, you know, it just gives us a little bit of breathing space and this roster does need rebuilding. And like I said, I'm sorry to see Sam go, but it's a 
clean slate now. Robert Salah can do what he wants. He can go forward with his quarterback of choice, which 99% sure it's Wilson, pretty much confirmed by Joe Douglas. So, yeah, it, it's a new chapter, hopefully, for the New York Jets, um, moving on from all our past mistakes, hopefully. No, that's a big claim. But, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the picks we got, and it's just now time to look forward. It's very exciting times for the Jets right now. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I think that's the safest way to be as a Jets fan, yeah. Mm, as you say, Zach Wilson's probably, you know, 99.9% um, going to be the Jets quarterback moving into the new season. I don't know how much you've seen of him from his his pro days and stuff like that, but just how excited are you to have a player like Zach Wilson on on the team? Yeah, so when I was on the podcast last time, I said I preferred Wilson over Fields. Um, looking at a bit more tape after that, I kind of flipped slightly to more Fields. Um, I think both are fantastic quarterbacks. Um, both will have great careers, in my opinion. The fact that I think it's pretty much confirmed we'll get Wilson his pro day, as many pro days do, gained a lot of hype and traction. He just seemed like, you know, the type of quarterback we need. Um, we need someone who has the confidence, who can make plays out of nothing. And it is a big step up, especially considering the opposition he played last season. Uh, last season. You know, that was a major criticism of his, but that he could control that. But it definitely feels like a New York type of quarterback. Uh, his personality just feels a bit different and, it just it's just a new dynamic and I feel like he can be the one to change our fortunes around. So I'm really hyped about him. Brilliant skill set, brilliant intangibles. And I think if anyone can change the fortune of the Jets, then it'll be him. It won't be easy, mind. But yeah, I'm really excited for that prospect. Do you think one of the hardest parts of coming to a New York team is having to deal with that market? Um, because you're you're put under pressure by the media so much, more than really in any other city. And the market's obviously mm-hmm you know, so big, um, you know, look at Daniel Jones, you look at Sam Darnold and very few quarterbacks over the, you know, last decade have been able to really succeed apart from maybe, you know, Eli Manning, but he wasn't what I describe as a, a hall of famer. I know that might be, you know, controversial, but he had a very good team around him. Ollie, how much do you think that um, New York market and New York media has an effect on new quarterbacks coming in? Yeah, it's definitely a tough one to go into. Um what you would think is they're going to be doing their due diligence. They're going to be evaluating the guy's personality, whoever it is they pick, and making sure he's ready to take that step into that situation. The best yeah. example I can think of that, it's not necessarily recent, was Brett Favre. I'll never forget. I don't know if you followed the Jets any, Livy, but he said when he went to the Jets from being in the Packers, he said it was like a completely different world. And yeah, I think I agree with what Ollie said, really. Some players might absolutely thrive off it. You know, yeah. it's um, all others, personality, isn't it? Yeah, others may shrink into their shells and not react so well to it. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. But I mean, New York is amazing. I'd love did, to play there. Did the city inspire you? Did it make you feel brand new? <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh, he's quoted Alicia Keys in 2021. It's a good song. Two years ago, yesterday, I was at MetLife. Weirdly enough. Really? Oh yeah, WrestleMania. Now, not leaving the house. How times change. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Well, I I wish the best for the Jets. Obviously, going into the season, and we'll we'll talk about them again as we build up to the draft um, and see where else they can improve and what else they're going to do. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the AFC West. Um, another good division. 
in football. Um, we'll start as we normally do, from the worst team to the best. Let's start so, with the team of the podcast, shall we? No, they're not the team of the Where podcast. Where has this come from? Don't it's, because, it's because George is a really big fan of the Ronkai, so I just thought I'd make it the team of the podcast. It was almost ironic. Definitely not. But big but, shout out to Chris Ellis, who's a friend of mine. He's a Broncos fan. So, yeah. Who gave us our only listener question. Go on, George. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I was just trying to get through my little AFC West intro bit there. But, well, yeah, so we'll start with the Broncos, go through the Chargers, Raiders, and then the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, Liam, maybe you want to start with the Denver Broncos, 5-11 and 11 last season. A lot of close games, a lot of games that they perhaps should have won but um, but didn't. A lot of it, to me, seems they're a quarterback away from being a really good team. Uh, do you think it's a case now of doing anything they can to replace Drew Locke or have Drew Locke at, at number two and, yeah, just become that winning team again? So, I brought some stats for this. I thought you might be impressed. So... At their starting quarterback, in attempts, they were 19th in the league, completions 27th, passing yards 26th, completion percentage 31st, touchdowns 25th, interceptions the most, passing rating the worst. So, if anything, you've got to move on and start with a new quarterback, haven't you? This is why I disagreed with what you were saying earlier. So, I think they're going to trade up, and I think they'll go for fields. Trade up with who? The Falcons? Yes, I think they'll trade up with the Falcons. I, I mean, I could definitely see it, and the Falcons get a good pick <clears> out of it as well, you know, and they do need to replace Drew Locke. My only thought was if the, they couldn't, and Teddy Bridgewater's there, I think uh, Teddy brings you that stability and kind of above-average quarterback play that Denver need to be a really good team. That defence is stacked with talent. That offence is actually really good when you look at the wideouts and running team and the offensive line. Uh, Ollie, what do you make of uh, Denver as a whole? Yeah, as a whole, quite a nice roster they've got there. I think uh, Judy and Fant draft picks over the last two years have been pretty good, and you know their ceiling, they've got room to improve there. Um, they just never seem to be able to, in recent years, get a quarterback who's going to push them forward. Um, so yeah, I think one way or another, they're going to have to replace Locke. Um, definitely a move up to four would be good for them. Um, just depends what they're going to have to give up to get there and whether anyone might come in and, you know, swoop out from under them and beat them to the punch. I think the Patriots could be their problem. Patriots and Bears, potentially. Mm. His little happy face. The Bears... Uh, no, I can't get happy about the Bears, come on. Bears would have to give up that. a lot to move up that high, I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, I don't think that's, that's too realistic. Um Olivia, what do you make of the Broncos? I think, in a way, they're kind of similar to the Jets. They've they've got some promise, but have kind of failed to deliver over the last couple of years, and have been quite unlucky with injuries as well. They lost, you know, Cortland Sutton early on, uh, Von Miller throughout, you know, the whole of last season. But they've got some really good pieces, especially on that, you know, defense that um, that can do the business. And picking up Carl Fuller was another one of those that just seems like another really good signing. Yeah, I agree with what's been said. I think. Trading up is definitely an option. I think uh, Rafa Part uh, stated a few days ago that uh, the Falcons have been fielding calls for the number four pick. Um, whether that's close or not, I'm not sure, but I definitely think Denver will be in that conversation. I think, again, they are a quarterback uh, short of really competing in that division, and it is becoming quite a competitive division, so I think they need to be really aggressive here. Um, I think going into the third year with Drew Locke, is he, isn't he, is not a great situation for them to be in. 
I would be aggressive and I think there's a real chance that Justin Fields is available then. Justin Fields in that offense, like you said, Judy, Sutton, Fant, they're brilliant, but they really need to uh, unleash their potential. You know, Judy last year, I think 856 yards, three touchdowns. Um, that's, you know, he was really hyped. He was a round one pick. Um, I really liked him coming out of college. You know, it's fine for a rookie, but I think he nearly, really needs to accelerate those numbers in year two. And I think getting a quarterback of such a quality like field, could be Trey Lance, even Mac Jones, I think would fit in quite nicely there. I think as soon as they fit that one very vital piece, I think they'll be quite a force to reckon with. I think they'll be the underdogs if they do make that move, but it's a big if, you know. I really agree about being aggressive because obviously you've got the Chiefs who are always going to be the front runners in this division, but second place is up for grabs. Um, you know, I think this definitely wins on the table. Which is a wild card spot, probably, isn't it? This wins on the table, we'll go and get them. Yeah, and the other three teams in the division have their quarterbacks locked up, you know, for a long time. You can say what you want about the Raiders and Derek Carr, but they're not moving on from Derek Carr. I've got a lot to say about Derek Carr there. Right? Yeah, and um, obviously Herbert and Mahomes aren't going anywhere as well. Um, how big a miss, or how big a gain, I guess, Liam, this season is having Von Miller back? Because like, obviously, a, you know, a player with, he's a superstar, and I know he's getting older, but, you know, he doesn't really age as well. And he had Bradley Chubb last season, who was very good as well but he'll just be that extra piece that can make him a really solid top five defence in the whole of the NFL. They really missed him, didn't they? He's Say what you want if he's the best or not in the NFL, but he's one of the best, isn't he? Like That's a discussion for another day, but you're going to miss a huge piece like that. He's a big difference maker in the game, isn't he? Every time you know it's a difference when he plays. Yeah, definitely. He's a complete... It, as you say, a game wrecker, and you know, it might be a terrible human being off the field. As that's another as question, seen, but, uh, <laughs> on the field, he's, he's definitely fantastic. Uh, I wanted to pick up on you know the Cole Fuller thing, I think that's one of the best free agency signings out there. Going back to Vic Fangio defense as well, in which he was so good in Chicago in 2018. Um, you know, a, another really solid pickup, Ollie, and throughout free agency, they've they've really done exactly what they needed to do. Resigning Justin Simmons uh, to a new deal. We had five interceptions last year at safety. You know, they've kind of got all the pieces there, as I've said before, but you look at Drew Locke and John Elway seems to think that he's the guy, but nobody else kind of does. And, you know, after two years, it looks like it's time over already. Yeah, I really like the Cole Fuller move. Um, I think he'll slot in really well there. And, you know, this is a defence that can back up a, a, a new quarterback. Um, if, if there's a rookie coming in, he's going to make mistakes, as any rookie will. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're a top five defence and you can maybe hold the opposition to 17 points a game, you're giving the guy a real shot to go and win it. Also, playing at mile high is also difficult for any opposing team as well because of, obviously, the altitude and Denver are so used to playing there. So that that's almost a couple of wins a season, you know, if you look at it like that, Liam, I know what you think of, you know, Mile High Stadium and just how difficult it is to play there. Oh, we never win there. I don't know about you guys, but our team, we never win there because they always get short because they're out of breath on place. <laughs> There's a lot of places you don't win. There's point. places where you don't win. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Olivia, so other than quarterback, do you think there's any more areas that the Broncos need desperately to improve? I guess a running game kind of springs to mind. 
now they've lost Philip Lindsay. But um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the two positions I had down um, that they were targeting the draft specifically, I said, would be uh, running back. So I think some uh, they'll target that uh, second round onwards. So I think Kenneth Gainwell, um, he's a name I really like. He'll be climbing up the boards up until the draft. I think he would be brilliant in that offence. Um, the people like Michael Carter, fantastic running back again, so dynamic. His strength, brilliant. I think just adding that extra um, dynamic to uh, the Broncos, uh, that would really help You know, a rookie QB or Drew Locke if they think he's the guy. But also uh, linebacker, I said, I think Mikhail Parsons in the first round, if they think Locke is... Um, is their quarterback be a great move? I don't think it's the right move, but it'd be a good one. Uh, David Collins could drop to round two. So I think there's definitely, uh, you know, they've got some holes, but I don't think they're major holes. I think obviously the major hole here, or the major question mark, is the quarterback position. I think they're actually in quite a nice position headed into the draft. Um, I think they'll go under the radar a bit because, you know, then apart from quarterback... Teams. Yeah, 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 they are. They're a bit, you know, they're always quite solid regardless, but they're not flashy as such. So I think if they get the quarterback, attention will be on them a bit more. But I think if they have a really nice draft, which the potential's there too, then I think they could I think they could surprise a few people. Not so much playoffs, but you know, they could. <laughs> I completely agree. If you get a quarterback who's above average in that team, they could easily have a, a winning season next season. Um you know, because say it till we blue in the face, they've got some, some really good players there. And if they stay fit, then I, I think maybe a playoff push isn't pushing it, you know, maybe a maybe a 10 and 7 season, something like that. I, I do think they've got the pieces for a really good team there. It's just all so dependent on the quarterback, like a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, Ollie, what would be a good season next season for the Broncos or a realistic season? In towards a winning record, I think, got to be the aim. Um, I think they're they're in a similar position to Carolina, obviously eight or nine in the draft. But um, you know, Carolina now they've got their quarterback and they've still got a really high pick, so they're in a really good position to take someone. If the Broncos, I mean, probably not Watson now, but if they were to land someone like Bridgewater, then they've sort of almost got their pick of whoever they want at nine. They could take a really good defensive player like Mika Parsons, um, maybe a Caleb Farley, someone like that. You know they. They'd be really well set. Do you I think? think do you think Parsons could drop because of his character issues, though? That's the one sort of burning question I think with him. Depends. Depends how the management analyse him. I mean, they they can meet him and see what they think of him. Some teams might pass on him, but I think he's he's too good to to drop too far. Liam, let me give you a hypothetical. Um, you're the Denver Broncos. You're picking at number nine. The Falcons say no. We're not. We're not trading down for anyone. We want to take a take a quarterback. What do you do? Do you risk it and wait to see when these quarterbacks come down to nine, or do you take a shot at Teddy Bridgewater now and help improve that team straight away? Who's available at QB? Well, I just well, I just said like you might you might not be able to you know. No, what I'm saying is, for example, so if someone like Lance is available, I'd still take him. But if all the quarterbacks, no, if you had none of them available, sorry. none. Yeah, sorry, that's what I wasn't too sure about. I think you'd have to take Bridgewater then. I think you've got to because I think your sort of hands are tied there. 
I think they just take the best. I think the draft will determine sort of their season and where they go. So if they're all gone, I think that's all the QBs. That's sort of their mind made up for them. It's it's almost out of their hands. Yeah, I think they are the most likely team to trade with the Falcons. As Olivia said, they are listening to offers. Um, they've got the best pick available to the Falcons. If they still want their player at nine, he'll probably still be there. Unless it's Carl Pitts, and he definitely won't be there at nine. Um, but yeah, I think they're a really interesting team. And your mate Ellis has got a lot to look forward to for next season, I think. Um, a lot more than we do, Liam, anyway, that's for sure. I know, it's almost depressing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, let's move on to the Chargers, who definitely have a lot to look forward to in the next few years with Justin Herbert. Uh, finished with a 7-9 and nine record, but that could have been a lot better. They were in a lot of games, and uh, they lost maybe six or seven by just one score. They lost seven games by one score. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. That sounds they like could have had double-digit wins easily. Yeah, oh, easily. Not, not easily, but... No, but they, they've got a good team there, and, you know, Ollie, Justin Herbert was just so good last season. 98.3 passer rating, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, over 4,000 yards. He was really good pretty much straight out of the gate. It's kind of the best thing that happened to the Chargers last season in a way that um, Tyra Taylor got injured in week two. And then Herbert. <laughs> Herbert takes the field and, you know, he's putting up stats that we've never seen before in the NFL. I'm going to ask, so I asked this on the lost AFC North episode, so I'll ask it again here. Who do you think's going to have the better career, all told, between Herbert and Burrow, given the culture of the place they're in, the market, the opportunities, the talent they're surrounded by? I think the, I think Herbert, because the Chargers have got a better culture, better scouting, and a better team. And I think they've got more chance to succeed than the Bengals ever have. And that's my reasoning. Olivia, what do you think? That is a very difficult question. Um, but side note, if you were asking this this time last year, it would be between Herbert and Tua. So it's yeah, interesting that we're now comparing Burrow, who was a clear number one um, in the draft last year. Um, so that's just a testament to his ability. Um, Right now, I would say Herbert. I'm a big Burrow fan. You know, it's a shame. It's a massive shame about that horrendous uh, injury with Burrow last season. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are in a very competitive league, more all-rounded than the um, the Chargers are. So I think he will face a bit more difficulty. For now, anyway, obviously long-term, that could completely change. So, yeah, I'm going to say Herbert, but I think both will have... Um, brilliant careers. The Chargers are doing the right thing at the moment and putting pieces around Herbert to help protect mm. him. They picked up Corey Lindsley, the all-pro centre from the Packers, which is, you know, a major coup at centre. He allowed one sack in 734 snaps. I mean, that's just incredible. That's exactly what he wants for Herbert. Exactly. You know, the only thing they need now is... Um, a starting left tackle, really. And you'd think, Olivia, that's what they're going to go for in the draft with their pick at 13, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. So the O-line, both at tackle and um, interior, is fantastic this year. I think a lot will go in the first round. Um, a lot of teams need that. And even if they don't, you can't underestimate how important the O-line is. And I think certainly the past few seasons, I think the NFL is starting to realise that. So, you know, I think 
if Rashawn Slater drops that far, which, you know, if you'd asked me a month ago, I said, absolutely no way is he going to drop that far. But people are rising. Um, you know, the quarterbacks, you, there's a potential for five to go, you know, um, in the top eight or whatever. So there's, there's going to be some real talent for the uh, Chargers at the 13th pick. And, you know, I would bet, I would bet everything right now that they go online. They need that. You know, they've got brilliant, very well-balanced um, offence and defence. Uh, sure of that O-line. They'll probably go O-line again in later rounds, as they should, in my opinion. Uh, really protect the star quarterback. And this is the best draft for them to do that. So, you know, it's really exciting to be a Chargers fan, especially with the talent that uh, could potentially fall to them. Um, I hope they don't go O-line because that's going to affect our pick massively. They're definitely going O-line. There's they no... are. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. But yeah, them and the Giants is really going to affect our pick. And I think that's why we could go D-line. But I'll go back to the Chargers. I won't keep talking about us. <laughs> the Chargers have also got some really nice pieces on defence as well. I do think they need to improve slightly, but they've got Derwin James who's obviously one of the best safeties in the NFL. Joey Bosa just looks like a menace every time that he comes onto the pitch. Um, Melvin Ingram, I know he's a free agent at the moment, but there's talks about him re-signing with the Chargers as well. They've got some really nice pieces on that defense, you know, to make it a a pretty full team as well. And some great wide receivers in, you know, Keenan Allen. And I think, I can't remember that guy's name. He kept catching one pass every every week for about 80 yards from Justin Herbert. I mean, Jalen something, I can't remember. But um, Liam, they've got a pretty well-rounded team and with some, you know, good picks in the draft and some, you know, injury-free games and seasons, they could be a real contender in this AFC West. Yeah, I think they just need to shore up that defence. Maybe they need a bit of luck, as Ollie was saying, of them losing the odd game. Maybe they have a bit of luck this year and win a couple of them, which could potentially get them into a wild card. So, yeah, the biggest que- the question I want to ask you all is how will Herbert deal with the coaching change? That's what I'm really intrigued with next season. I think it's a nice change. Obviously, you've got uh, it was Brandon Staley, wasn't it? It's coming over from mm-hmm. the LA Rams. Done a brilliant job at the Rams. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think no, it's maybe a good thing because he's played in different systems. He can play in other ones. So yeah, maybe him study a bit of film, see what he does well at. So it might even get the better out of him. I think so. The coaching was quite poor last year for the for the Chargers, and obviously they made that change straight after the season. And an area that they really struggled as a team was on special teams. They had the worst special teams in the entire NFL, and every time you watch them play, um, there was a special teams error that cost cost them big, pretty much. So that's an area they've really got. Special to look at teams as well. can really they can win or lose your games as well, can't they? So underrated how they you are. Know, effective special teams are in the NFL. You know, if you get some specialists in that area, it can have a huge impact. And they've already started to add just just small pieces to help shore shore that part of the game up. Um, Ollie, looking forward to the Chargers. Um, you know, this coming season, and assuming that they'll go offensive tackle in the draft. You know, where do you think they could can they can reach? They were competitive last year. Um, you expect them to be again this season. Yeah, they were in pretty much every game last year, apart from getting blown out by the Patriots. But that was more an anomaly than a trend. Um, so I'd probably put them second in the division. Um, and they're definitely trending upwards. I think we've said they've got a really nice roster. Um, whether they can compete with the Chiefs, 
it might be a bit soon. But I think we'll just look for Herbert to continue his development. It could potentially be one of the most open divisions next season. I mean, anything could happen. I mean, a few years ago, obviously, Mahomes picked up an injury. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, the O-line, as Olivia said earlier, was never highlighted more than in that Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hence why they're doing everything, you know, to shore that up now. And I think if the Chargers can shore that up, get a good left tackle in, they've already got a good guard in Beluga, a brilliant centre in there's, um, there's a picture going around on Twitter about what the Bengals are going to do with their fifth pick. And obviously we've said before, be sensible, take a tackle, job done. There's a lot of rumours they're going to take uh, Jamar Chase. I've seen that. All the marks I'm now reading are saying the same. And you know, it's, there's option A, Burrow throwing it down the field to T Higgins or whoever. Option B, Jamar Chase at the other end of the pitch with Burrow flat on his back. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it seems like the Chargers are going to do the right thing and take a left tackle. I feel I think, like we're all the conveyed because we've all had a crap O line, so we all know what it's like. <laughs> Maybe we're the wrong people to speak to. <laughs> well, I think the Burrow injury scared people in the league as well. It scared people, uh, scared teams mm. into making that change. You know, nobody wants to see their franchise quarterback end up with an ACL. In, well, I think he had two ACL injuries or something mm. crazy like that, and you never know how it affects them going forward. So I think it scared these teams into making these these moves now, and as you've seen with the Chiefs as well, completely taking apart and the Raiders taking apart their O-line and um, I think it'll be a massive thing in the draft and it'll be interesting to see see where they end up um, Olivia just final thoughts on the Chargers you know obviously nine and uh, seven and nine last season would you expect maybe a, a cheeky little playoff playoff place there or are they not there yet yeah I think they'll be disappointed if they don't get playoffs this season um, it was up to me I'd put them in the playoffs for the uniforms alone Absolutely loved them. But oh, so good. They are so good. Matter. So nice. <laughs> we could do a full podcast on uniforms. See, me, I but, said um... we should do this. Oh, don't get started, in it. I wanted to... Right, Olivia, we'll do a Patreon episode yeah. <laughs> of just jerseys and stadiums. Oh, this is going to be would... a sort of June-July episode where not much is I going would, on. Yeah, I would oh. sit and talk about them for hours. But yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, brilliant coaching hire. Really love the Brandon uh, Staley hire. I think he's great. Young McVay connection. Got some, got some brilliant ta- uh, talent on both sides of the ball. Um, Herbert, you want him to keep up those levels um, that he's shown last season. And, you know, if all goes to plan, they should they should be expected to get to the playoffs. And, you know, I hope they do. They're a really exciting team. And I've got a bit of a soft spot for them being, you know, LA's lesser team and such, not to offend anyone. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see them this season. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, uh just picking up on what Liam said there about a Patreon page. Uh, Liam, who's going to pay for, for this kind of material? Your, your dad? This, the rap yeah. birds? I don't know. That's yeah, well, <laughs> Good question. Not sure. Yeah, no, that's true. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Chargers do. And I second that as well. I've always had a soft spot for them. And that navy blue jersey is absolutely beautiful. Mm. And if I wasn't a Bears fan, I would be buying that. Straight away, you're not, not buying a Herbert Chargers jersey, then it's mate, it's just so nice. And the little yellow uh bolt on the uh, oh, right, yeah, I'll, I'll get too excited talking about it. Maybe I will join this this jersey. This I jersey. feel like when we've done this podcast, you thought of have more soft spot and you sort of root for teams more. Like, I even saw mm. us all yeah. on the Browns, apart from Ollie. Like, 
And yeah, but they're, they're, he talked me into they're winning the north. He's exactly, me into yeah. <laughs> what a man. They're winning it all, mate. They're winning it all. We've all said it. Okay, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, finished last year with an 8-8 record. Really struggled towards the end of last season. Um, had some shocking games, really. Had a lot of chances to make the postseason, but seemed to lose every game that they played of any importance, including one to the Chargers. Liam, they've completely had a revamp on the offensive line. Um, during the off-season and made some moves on defence, which is the area they really needed to. But are you surprised, you know, that they've got rid of so many players on that, you know, it, on what was the most expensive O-line in the entire NFL? Yeah, they're either making the best coaching decision of all time or the worst. So time's going to tell. But I don't understand it personally. You'd think you'd just keep a sure thing going. I know it's expensive. I know you've got cap and whatnot, but as we said before, you've got these voidable options, apparently, which anyone can just do. So, yeah, I don't understand what the Raiders are playing at. Um, I think they could be on the down next year. I'm going to say they're going to finish last in the division, personally. Blimey, crushing news for any Raiders yeah, fans. Sorry, Raiders fans. Um, Ollie, what did you make of their season as a whole? Obviously, it was going to be different with them moving to Vegas, new stadium. I thought they started off really well. A good win against the Saints in week two, I believe it was, or week three. And then they get to they do the Raiders thing, get to halfway through the season, and then just kind of completely collapse. So before I did any research into them or anything, I wrote down perennial 8-8 eight and eight team. Uh, they did actually go 8-8 eight and eight last season. Yeah. So there we go. Um they haven't had a winning season since 2016. Before that, do you want to guess? Doing a great job. Do you want to guess when their winning season was before 2016? Was it when they won the Super Bowl? 2002, when they went to the Super Bowl. Oh, oh my not surprised. God. Like, what are they doing? They're going like four and twelve, three and thirteen, um, and yeah, last season just again eight and eight, middle of the road, is what it is. That's the thing I don't understand about the the Raiders is they brought in Mike Mayock who knows football and he really knows what he's doing but I just don't understand what I don't get what <laughs> there is a but here gone don't laugh Derek Carr was good last season yeah I was going to say the same Did thing you? I looking at his stats they are he went, good he went over four thousand yards for the third straight year over a hundred passer rating you know um, I think it seems to be quite fashionable to say, you know, QB is brilliant, Mahomes, best thing ever, or just completely dismiss them and say, like like Tua, you know, just say, oh, no, he's rubbish. Not what we thought it's it was. Okay, and Derek Carr is he's a sort of similar to Teddy Bridgewater. He's I a middle-of-the-road starter. Yeah, he's he's absolutely fine. He's, and he'll, he's almost like Kirk Cousins, where he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but he'll get you enough games and he'll get you enough points on the field. Uh, um, mm. I think he's made to look good by that O line that gives him so much time. So you think he won't do as well next year? Because oh no, no, no! He's O-line. really going. He's really going to struggle. Yeah, I don't think they put him in a good position. I don't think they surround him with, mm. you know, the players to fulfil his potential. I only said the Kirk Cousins thing just to just for the bants or lack of. Olivia, what are your thoughts on um, Derek Carr? I like Derek Carr. Um, I think I agree. He's not a top five quarterback. I don't think anyone's arguing that. It's the Raiders are one of those teams, and this rarely happens, where you know they are 
consistently mediocre or bad. And it doesn't seem to be the quarterback that's the problem. And the Raiders have consistently made bizarre decisions, whether that's free agency drafting or, you know, actually in play. You're coaching the Moving back to Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in the last three years, they've spent three top 40 picks on their secondary. And it's still not very good. It's the worst part of their team. (laughs) Yeah. And even when they're making, you know, um, quite flashy offensive picks, they went for Henry Rugg last year. And he was not many people's wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You know, he was quite far down. Uh, I think that was a very odd decision. If memory serves me correct, he was the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, Um, Yeah, I think Judy Judy was still on there. And I just remember being on draft night and thinking, what on earth? And Rooks is, I don't think he is a bad player. I don't think he will be a bad player. Um, Quite uh, modest stats, but it's just some of the decisions in the year before. I don't uh, understand the Raiders drafting, how they'll go for, they'll go for the best, like they'll go for the quickest player in the 40 yard dash rather than necessarily the best skilled player in that position. I don't, I don't understand that. I've never got the Raiders in that way. Absolutely, yeah. They did need a wide out, though. I agree. But when you're getting outshone by Nelson Aguilar, things aren't <laughs> probably looking great for you. And that's no offence to Nelson Aguilar, who was very good last season. He's clearly listened to this pod as well, doesn't but, he? But, um, yeah, the Henry Ruggs one, was a, it was a very strange pickup. And they needed... I know they, they got some help as well with Damon Arnett in the secondary, but didn't really do too much. And Trayvon Mullin was another one of those top 40 picks that hasn't really done too much and that defense needs a lot of work um Liam they picked up Yannick Ngokwe which I think is a really good signing I know he struggled with uh the Vikings but then moved to the Ravens and looked uh productive again I think he's a great player I just think he was in the wrong system with us I think that's all it was or it's just square peg round hole yeah I, I think that's a great pickup for them I think but they need well. a lot more players like him to because yeah, they just couldn't rush more. the passer at all last season where where do you think they're going to go in the draft then um, for me, a player like, oh, that's difficult. Uh, I can't remember what draft pick they bought, but Quitty Pie looks really good, really 17th, good. Yeah, yeah, someone like that. Just, an, just someone who can rush the passer. Because in that division where you've got some, you know, obviously top talent at quarterback, they have to be able to do it. And it's just something that they've not been able to do for years and years. And this record of no winning seasons for God knows how long, apart from one, is because throughout that whole time they have not had a good defense. And it's not it's no area that they've ever looked at to strengthen. They could have done it last year. Instead, they picked up rugs when there was a lot of good talent defensively on the board. I think a lot of it's got to be put on John Gruden, who isn't accountable at all in that because he's got a 10-year deal. He's about three mm-hmm. or four years in. They're not going to get rid of him because it costs too much money to do it. He's the one making these decisions on the O-line and everything else. And I think the problems kind of stem around Gruden. In my personal opinion, I don't know what um, Liam you think of that. Yeah, I don't think Gruden's. I don't think he's the answer at coaching, but it's not his fault. He just gets what he's given, doesn't he? Um, I think they probably could go should go in another direction, but we'll see. Um, I was just having a look at a good old friend, Wattle Football, and they've gone for O line, which would be a good pickup yeah. considering they've got no one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a lot of talk that they had to replace that O line because of the money they lost in revenue 
not just moving to Las Vegas, but not having anyone in the stadium. So they really struggled to with cap space and stuff like that. But they're one of the biggest selling merch teams. Like there's other ways around it, as I said earlier, the voidable options. There could be ways to keep them or cut other players on the team. It was just the fact they got rid of, you know, three very good starters that that was so surprising. Obviously, Trent Brown, um, Rodney Hudson, and I know Incognito kind of um, retired, but another another good starter on that team. Um, Ollie, where do you think they'll go in the draft? Then do you think they'll do a Raiders thing and go offensively, or you know, play it safe and do the sensible thing and probably go on defense or? Offensively? Really don't know. Really don't know what they're going to do. They could just go completely left field. Taking of a receiver. I mean, <laughs> if you were betting any team to do it, it would be them, wouldn't it? Yeah. They're on the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cowboys 100% are taking a receiver. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do. You know, they, and we won't know until they hand in their selection. There's no guarantees of what they're going to do. Could be anyone. Do you know what I think is going to happen at the end of next season? They've got um, the Bears to play the Raiders in the 17th game. And I think the only reason they've added this 17th game is because eight and eight teams like the Bears and Raiders have eight <laughs> and eight records anymore. That is, genuinely, that is genuinely my thinking of it. They're sick of it. We're all they're sick both, of it. So going in, they're gonna, both going to be eight and eight. Yeah, exactly. And it's going yeah. go, to go to overtime. Yep. And nothing will happen. And you'll be eight, eight and one. Eight, eight and one. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that that sent me over the edge. I think. What what are the odds, Ollie? Can you check better three six five for Olivia, how do I'll you get think, back to you? Uh, how do you think it plays out for the Ravens? Um, Ravens Raiders uh, next year. Do you think they're now the worst team in that division? Um, I think right now, yes. I think I don't think there is much between them and the Broncos, and I think Broncos purely because of the questions over the QB. I think after the draft, that'll become a bit more clear. Um, so it depends if they go completely left field, which I think 80% of me thinks they will, and they'll just go for someone completely random. Why Another wide receiver will be my guess, or um, D-line, Barmore. If I had to guess, you know, what they would do, that's a bit, you know, maybe not the most sensible option. I think they will go the more uh, sensible route, and I think they will pick, line. Um, I just think with the Ra- uh, the Raiders, they have so much potential to be a lot more, a lot more as a NFL franchise than they are. You know, like we said, they've got amazing fans. The merchandise sales are fantastic, amazing but they just statement. ruin it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, you know, I don't even have to mention it. Las Vegas, the market's huge. The stadium's probably one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. They've got all this potential, and they've got a lot of international influence as well. And they just make really strange footballing decisions. So I think, like you said, with the cap, you know, they released Rodney Hudson, fantastic centre, great pickup by the Cardinals, by the way. And you could say, yeah, okay, maybe it was the cap, but his cut does not affect the cap in any way. So they haven't even saved any money. Decisions like that, for example, which really makes me question what is going on what is the hierarchy of the Raiders and how do they move forward? I think it's quite a difficult one to answer. How are they going to get better than the Chargers? How are they going to get better than the Chiefs? 
and it's kind of like they're stuck in football limbo as such. Maybe I'm being unfair, but no, that's I, I, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know how they improve as a team. Mm. I'm not too sure. Well, it's like they lost, you know, I know I just slayed him, but Nelson Aguilar, who was their best, you know, wide out last season. Um, and then they get, there was a good wide receiver market in free agency and they pick up Willie Sneed and John Brown. And mm. I think if you're Derek Carr, Ollie, you're thinking, well, I've just lost my entire offensive line. You've now got rid of my best wide receiver and replaced them with very much a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three or four. You know, Henry Ruggs didn't do it last year, as Olivia said. He must be thinking, what's going on? Yeah, I quite like John Brown, but I mean, there was there was better receivers out there. Um, so yeah, Carr needs help all round. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think they'll they'll be having a winning season. So chalk another one onto their their long run record. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Which is sad to see because they are a massive team. And I mean, looking forward to seeing that stadium full. Yeah, that's, that's a positive. Should we should we try and find some positives in them? Yeah, well, the black, I, the black hole in that new stadium is going to be amazing. That's going to be so good to watch. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, and I'd love to go over there for the Bears game for the seventeenth game, but I don't think travel permitting it's going to be allowed to happen, which is very sad. But at least you don't get what Chandy Dalton every swings and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you see how I just ignore the Dalton stuff now because you know. It's, but this isn't going to slide. Yeah. This is going on all season. <laughs> hey, well, we'll wait till after the draft and see see who's more confident about uh, what's going on. Still but, better than having Andy Dalton, but go on, move on. Um, yeah, as I think it is a shame for those Raiders fans. They're brilliant fans, though, and um, you know some of the best in the NFL. And I think they deserve a team and coaching better than they are getting. But you know, we'll see what happens in 2021. We'll see what happens after the draft and they might just surprise us. There's always one team that surprises us in the NFL and the Raiders might just be that. Okay, let's move on to the uh, 2019 Super Bowl champions um, and Super Bowl runners-up from last season, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Obviously a tough loss to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl last year that was very much, you know, an offensive line battle against a a brilliant defence and the defence won out in the end and it did show the importance of an offensive line. So they've gone to improve it this season uh, or at least change it by getting rid of uh, Swartz and Fisher and bringing in, you know, Tunney and uh, Kyle Long and I assume what will be um, a first round offensive line pick as well. Uh, Liam, obviously another really good season for the Chiefs, but to me it kind of looks like things are changing, but not for the better. Yeah, that's the thing I'd be worrying about if I was a Chiefs fan. I'm going to sort of think, are they going to be what happens to the Seahawks after they've gone to a couple of Super Bowls and they haven't gone back since? I feel like it could almost be make and break at the moment for them. So I feel like if they don't win a Super Bowl, I feel like that could sort of be the end of the run, to speak. Do you agree? or? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the pickup of Joe Tunney. But it was if... a good pickup, but it's just... They're losing other players elsewhere, aren't they? It's a lot of money. They haven't really got a wide receiver too now that you can trust. Sammy Watkins wasn't always brilliant, but he was he was pretty good in the slot and he could always stretch the pitch as well. Um, I think they're missing pieces on defense, definitely. Um, they're not as solid on defense, corner. are they? They're not no, as good as they were. It's not a defense that you could rely on. In 2019, it really became quite good towards the end. And you had players like Tyron Matthew and Sorensen 
picking up the pieces and just making game-changing plays. But that didn't really seem to happen a lot last season. Um, Ollie, what do you make of the Chiefs um, as a whole? Um, I'm a bit higher than them, than you are, I think. Um, they've Obviously, their main issue is offensive line, which have taken steps to address. Joe Tunney, Austin Blythe, um, we think they'll likely go left tackle in the draft as well. Um, they should still be able to get one. I still think, first round pick. I, I might have been down on them, but I still think they'll be going back to the championship game. I think with Mahomes, you're never out of a game. Um, and yeah, they've still got fantastic players, Kelsey Hill. Um, and we say like, not really got a wide receiver too, but they do a lot of fun things. Watkins, I don't see as a massive loss. Um, they've still got like Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. So, yeah, I think that'll be fine. And obviously, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well, looking to build on a reasonably strong first season. Yeah, I think the running game is quite important. Hilaire started really well last season, kind of faded towards the end, but I think that was more just because of the way the Chiefs moved on to a passing game. a great deal of him, but he got 1,100 yards from scrimmage, which is pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, Olivia, what do you make of the Chiefs um, as a whole and going forward towards the draft and the new season? Yeah, as a side note, can I just say, whoever's doing the accountancy and magic on the Kansas City Chiefs salary cap, whoever's crunching mm-hmm. the numbers there are not getting paid enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I know Mahomes' contract doesn't kick in just yet, but to be able to offer Joe Tony, you know, a five-year, 80 million, and a lot of that's incentives and it can be broken down so it's not as bad as it sounds you know it's incredibly impressive and that sort of I know it's a lot, it's very geeky and it's very kind of takes the fun out of football but oh. to work around the they've room for, they room for Trent Williams as well who's just become the exactly. highest paid offensive lineman ever I'm here for it you know it just it's why are you more teams not investing money into the you know the salary cap account it's just it's quite yes. admirable to be it's like I am here. Give me a job. <laughs> it's like, you know, and interestingly, and this is another point, they offered Juju Smith-Schuster one year, eight million plus three million in incentive deal. He turned that down. But it's like, how are they doing it? And you, it, it, it is, you know, they draft really well. They're able to sort out deals like Tooney, Carl uh, Long came out of retirement, Austin Blythe from the Rams. You know, they have, Obviously, they've got the talent on the field, but their hierarchy and the coaching and the management of the franchise is just absolutely fantastic. And I don't think it gets recognised quite enough, you know, uh, that it's the off-field stuff is just as important as the on-field stuff. You That's know, a really um, good point. We, um, and, we said earlier about, you know, Herbert and Burrow and are they going to be yeah. in a position to succeed? Whereas Mahomes has got in there and they've just given him everything not just on the pitch but everything he needs to be a winner and he's taken full advantage of it and yeah and I just I can't praise them enough obviously they've got some improvements to make I do think they'll be a fantastic tackle or interior that dropped down to 31 uh some names thrown out there Ben Cleveland um and we'll drop Liam Eichenberg Dylan Randu Duns sorry for my pronunciation there uh, Jalen Mayfield possibly and you know that's just going to really increase the Chiefs um, offensive line they've made moves they're aggressive and like I said I think obviously fantastic football team but that off-field management and stuff and I think the Buccaneers do this really well the Packers do this really well the Saints I mean 
this season's a bit different for the Saints for numerous reasons. But I think if you look at traditionally ran the Steelers as well, traditionally well-ran franchises, it's not so much about them getting a good quarterback and just being lucky. It's the whole management of things. I and think Andy that management, that. Yeah, exactly the management, the culture, the environment. They put good players coming out of college, and they just elevate them. I think it's you know it's, it's a fantastic way of running a franchise, and I don't think they get enough credit for the off-field running. Um, so yeah, I know that was a bit of a side point, but I think as no, long think as they've got the point. hierarchy in there, I think I can never rule out the Chiefs. <laughs> I think that's so true. And you look at where they were a few years ago before Mahomes. They were, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. really struggling. They had one good season with Alex Smith, but um, Andy Reid comes in and just becomes, you know, probably the best coach in the NFL. And to mm-hmm. highlight that, Liam, was that call against the Browns last season um, where he had a backup quarterback in, obviously no Mahomes, um, fourth, you know, fourth and something, fourth and one, I think. And he calls that play. And I don't think any other coach in the NFL would have done that. No. I don't think I would have done. That shows how much trust you've got in your team and your scheme and your playbook. Yeah, there's not many teams that would do that at all. And I'm not ruling it. I'd never rule the Chiefs out. And um... No, I think they'll be back in the championship game, definitely. Yeah. I really do. I'd be surprised if they're not. And it, it could just be an overtime loss to the Browns or the Bills, but I think they'll be up there. Yeah, well, you've got when you've got the best quarterback in the league, you've always got a great shout of, and they'll definitely, in my opinion, win a division. I don't think that's groundbreaking news to anyone, and I'm sure you probably all agree that they'll take that division. But I do think there's just a few holes beginning to show in that team, um, whereas I think there's more complete teams within the AFC. Um, I look at the Browns, I look at the Bills. I they think probably are, but I think Mahomes might sort of quality might come through and win them a couple of games on that basis. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I wouldn't rule them out moving up in the draft if there's a player they really like at left tackle as well, um, who might not fall to 31. I think they could definitely make a a play in the draft. And you know what Andy Reid's like, he would go out and get that player. And as a point to their scouting and, you know, their their management outside, picking Mahomes in 2017 looks like one of the best decisions ever in a draft and there were teams uh, the Bears and other teams that um, missed out on him so they've done their work they've done their scouting properly um, and they're just a really really good team Um, yeah I don't know what more there is to say Ollie what more do you want to say about the the Kansas City Chiefs I think you know they won the AFC twice in a row so everyone's gunning for them they've got the target on their back so it is a lot of weight to carry for them but I think, yeah, they'll championship game, I think, maybe another Super Bowl. Are they a better team than the Bills on paper? Um, I'd say the Bills probably a bit more well-rounded. Yeah, I agree. I think, for me, the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC, but the Chiefs are not far behind at all. I think the Bills probably are the most rounded team, but if I was betting on them playing the Chiefs, I'd bet on the Chiefs because of my homes. I think there's a reason why he's played in the Super Bowl. So it doesn't happen overnight, does it? Yeah, no, uh, completely agree. Um, so what else do you think they need then? They've got you know some good draft picks um, and a few holes in the team. Olivia, where else do you think they should go? Uh, assuming they go left tackle in the first round. I think second round, unless there's a player that they absolutely love, I think, 
they'll go wide receiver. Like I said, they're quite aggressive offer to Juju, you know. It's really surprising that he turned that down, but obviously loyalty and whatnot. I think they will go wide receiver in uh, the second round, and I think their scouting is fantastic, so I think they'll pick up a really good player. I think, you know, someone like Rondale Moore, I think he will be, well, would be brilliant on that offence. Um, Kadarius Tony, his stock's improving quite a bit, in the, so maybe he goes in the first round. But I think if he falls to the end of the second round, unlikely, unless, you know, they move up, I think he would be, like, phenomenal in that offence. Uh, some of the names, Amon Rasir Brown, fantastic name, by the way. I think it's really difficult to be a wide receiver and that's in the scheme they play and to not put up at least some, you know, credible uh, credible stats. But I think they will go aggressive uh, wide receiver in the second round. But, you know, it, they, they could go all-line again. They've been aggressive in uh, free agency with that. I know I keep saying aggressive a lot and that's one of the things that I do admire about the Chiefs is that if they want someone, they'll find a way to do it. If they see someone that fits their team, they'll they'll get what they want and that's, again, it's a really brilliant point to their culture. So, yeah, definitely, it's interesting to see what the Chiefs do in this draft. It, it, it is always interesting to see what good teams do because it's less predictable. So, yeah, watch out for them. There's some good names that could drop and if they end up on the Chiefs then you know it's 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 going to be electric as it usually is with the Chiefs yeah watch out yeah it is always electric at Arrowhead which is probably the best stadium in the yeah. NFL as well um Liam I don't know whether you agree with that point but it's probably the one I want to go to the most I reckon best atmosphere yeah it's up there for me I'd love to go to Arrowhead it's not necessarily like sort of the most aesthetic stadium like because it's not a modern stadium like the Raiders or the Rams but it's great. Yeah, really. It's so cool to look at. Nice day. It's just something about it that's really, really cool. I'm not sure what it is, but a fantastic team. And yeah, I think they should have aspirations of going back to the Super Bowl again. Um, they find themselves in the tougher half of the NFL, I think, in the AFC, where they've got some really tough teams that they're going to have to play up against and, and match off with. But I'm sure we're all in agreement that the Chiefs are winning that division. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Um, so, Liam, I'm going to ask you for a, a one to four for the AFC West. I'm asking you first because last time you pied it off to me and then just copied my answer. So, because you were right and you knew yeah, what, you, well, what um, you were well, talking about. Cheers, mate. Uh, go on then. A one, to, a one to four now. Four, I'm going with the Raiders. Number three, I am going with... Well, it all depends on the draft. I think if the Broncos get a quarterback in, I don't think they're going in third. I'm going Chargers, then Broncos. But if not, I'm going the other way around, and then I'm going with the Chiefs. Okay, Ollie. I know it's um, early, pre-draft, but... Yeah, Raiders fourth, but... I mean, if the Broncos went with Locke... They might be fourth. Yeah, they could um, well be. Raiders fourth, Broncos third, Chargers second, and obviously Chiefs winning it. Olivia, you want to round it off? Yeah, I agree. I think he'll be Raiders last, Broncos third, and the Chargers second, and the Chiefs first. But I think he'll be close at the top. I think both teams will get 
looking at the schedule, quite favourable. I think both teams will get over 11 wins. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think the Chiefs will just be one or two games better than the Chargers. On paper, it should be a lot better division than it was in 2020. Um, I don't think the Chiefs will be the runaway leaders, as you just said. But I think other than the Raiders, I think every other team will definitely improve on their record and should improve on it by a couple of wins at least. So it will be a nice yeah. competitive division and um, interesting to see what goes on uh, after the draft and obviously going into the season. Okay. Um, before we close out the show, does anyone have any other business or anything else they want to bring up? Ollie, I normally look at you. You normally have some some news that you want to talk about. Um, I was going to say, we retweeted our good friend Ben's mock draft spreadsheet. I would say go and check that out because it is unbelievable. It is so complex and so much fun to play around with. He spends too much time on that, doesn't he? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, I've done some some work with him at work and he is a genius so shout out to him and yeah, definitely uh, check out his spreadsheet before your mock draft needs yeah, yeah I'd say he's always got me looking out for the giant score because of him yeah if you get a chance we'll put up some more mock drafts I'm sure in the next couple of days or a couple of weeks um, as we all get very excited how many days is it now 21 days until the draft <laughs> <laughs> Olivia I can tell you're just so excited I would be if I was in your position as well but sadly yeah. I am not <laughs> as a player well, I, yeah I just love the draft as an NFL fan honestly I think yeah, I, I, a lot of people maybe casual fans um a lot of people overlook it it's kind of it's on late they you know they're not massive college fans um, I, I think it's better than the fair. NBA or in the um, other drafts I think Absolutely, it's the best draft yeah. in sports it's got to be oh yeah definitely it's just yeah it's just the spec it's very American just the yeah. spectacle they put on you know the whole uh the drama you know the draft clock on the first round and you know there's always some team sort of like trading up and just and the you know surprise pick I, I, it's you know I just love it and I love scouting it and you know I love seeing what players you know when you're high on pre-draft and where they go and how they do and I, I just I, think you know it's a really fascinating concept I always feel sorry for the players that just sat in the green room that don't get picked like there's always like one QB <laughs> or sort of one running back they think is going to go top five and they just sat there and I always feel so sorry for them well, it'd be good because obviously people are going to be there again and the players are going to be there again. Trevor Lawrence won't be. He said that already. But um, a majority of the players will be. And I think it would just be so good to see everything going on. Uh, last year, was it was good, but it was we were watching it from Roger Goodell's house and it was always a bit strange. Um, so he'll get booed in person again this year then? Yeah, exactly. And it's in Cleveland as well, which I think is brilliant. And um, I, I really cannot wait for it. I will stay up all night yeah. and we'll do our, our review show. Uh, for day one, and then there are a couple of reviews mock, shows after. A mock show is going to be even better, I think. Yep, and Olivia, it'd be great to have you on those shows as well. Um, obviously, as a Jets fan, but with your knowledge of the draft as well, great yeah. to have you on. Absolutely. Also, can I just point a side point? Is that I absolutely loved uh, last year's draft because, and this is the sole reason, is that you got it to see inside the players' homes and the yeah. players' parents' homes, right? And if after this podcast, Google Joe Burrow's house. That was brilliant. The worst curtains, and you know, <laughs> I just I still talk about it in the Jets WhatsApp group. It's the worst curtains I've ever seen in my entire life, and I just think, you know, with Joe Burrow's fame and his nice little signing 
bonus from the Bengals. I really hope he's gave his parents some money to replace that interior. Because, you know, as soon as I saw the interior, I was just like, not a good player. The bust. <laughs> Olivia, that might just be a woman, yeah. That's what you need to do. We need to do a top 10 players' houses who had the best and who had the worst. Oh, I would talk, you know, I would talk for hours about irrelevant NFL stuff jerseys, houses. I quite like just I quite like it. <laughs> he doesn't just need an interior linesman, he needs interior lining as well. Oh, there, you there you go. Leah, don't <laughs> shake your head at that. That's comedy gold, mate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It was great seeing the players' houses, actually, to be fair. And um, Liam, send a tweet out to Joe Burrow, see if you've got those curtains sorted so we can finally... I'll hit my DM just for you guys. Just for yeah, you, yeah. Olivia. I know he, li- I know he listens, so it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, uh, Liam, do you just want to shout out the socials? Yeah, the usual places. Um, don't forget to give us a review. Um, yeah. Christ, usual... you've done that with some emphasis, didn't he? You've <laughs> blown people away with that, mate. Yeah, Sorry, fourth and out pod, and thank you to Patrick Claiborne for our new intro that I think you're going to have heard at the start. Hopefully, if I can do my job properly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's absolute curtains. That is <laughs> very good, very good. All right, if that's everything, uh, Olivia, thanks so much for joining again. Yeah, thanks for coming back, Olivia. No, oh, thank you. I, I I just love talking about the NFL, the whole. Thank thank you for giving me an opportunity to sit and talk for like an hour, just over an hour about random NFL stuff. And it's Curtains, not just jerseys. Curtains, yeah, absolutely. You know, when offensive you're talking linemen. with, yeah, I, I love offensive linemen, but we'll get to that in uh, weeks <laughs> to come. When you're talking to Jets fans, you know, that's primarily who I talk to. You know, it can be quite insular and you have a lot of their opinions. So when you get a talk on a podcast like this and, you know, of what other fans think, I just think it gives you a new perspective and, you learn so much more about the NFL as well, and you know, it, it, it's just it's just fun, isn't it, to talk about such an exciting and you know different sport than what we get here in England. But yeah, thank you for having me on. I know I waffle a bit, but no, you thank know. you so much. Yeah, I think you're completely right. It does us all the world of good to talk sport for an hour or two it does. a week. Absolutely, it takes yeah. us all out of our little um little bubbles that we currently got. And I hope that you know for anyone listening, it helps them a little bit as well. And um, it just puts you in a good mindset and, you know, everyone needs that escape. So, yeah, thank you again. Thank you again for joining. Ollie, Liam, I'll see you again very soon, I'm sure. We haven't got many of these divisional episodes left, have we? We're almost almost done. Yeah, two more divisional uh, episodes and then we'll move on to the pre-mock and um, pre-draft shows and everything like that. And as I say, Olivia, it'd be great to have you back on for those. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Ollie. And thank you for listening. Thanks, Patrick.